Hey guys, welcome to the Bowhunting Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. So, a um, little bit of a season wrap-up here before we get before we get to the guest. Um, I don't know if you... Uh, well, well, today is, is... Well, what's today? Today, Tuesday? Today's Tuesday, the 28th? Is that Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't remember here. Yeah, it's Tuesday the 28th. So, basically, I'm supposed to be down in Florida right now. Um, I was supposed to be down... Uh, bow hunting, hog hunting with um, Jim Desias of uh, Mangroves to Mountains podcast and was really, really looking forward to that. I mean, this was going to be uh, hopefully some sort of salvation um, on, uh, you know, on what is otherwise an absolute just shit show of a season. Just, um, but it didn't, it didn't work out that way. I was so looking forward to this. I was so looking forward to actually getting a couple days of actual hunting in, um, and, um, yeah, it wasn't to be. I mean, I even shipped my bow down there and all that stuff. And my flight was supposed to be yesterday morning, Monday morning at 6 a.m. Well, we got, we, I was actually worried too. We got like a huge snowstorm and ice storm, worst of all. Um, it was snow and then ice on top of that and then snow on top of that. Uh, Sunday night. And I'm like, man, you know, is this stuff going to be, uh, you know, is, is this gonna, is still going to be on? Am I still going to be able to get out of town? And, you know, so I had my buddy, uh, you know, come pick me up at like quarter to four in the morning. Um, you know, I, I dropped my daughter off the night before at a friend's house, you know, for a sleepover because, you know, my wife was working so she couldn't drop me off. So you know, all these all these plans for just for, for me to be able to get out of town for just a couple days, right? Just 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 to get a couple days. All the stuff had to happen. I ship my, like as I ship my bow down and I get all the stuff packed and, uh, you know, people come pick me up and, you know, and babysitter for my daughter and all this and that. So finally, you know, white knuckling it. I mean, it's a glare ice all the way to the airport. I mean, just sheet of ice, 20 miles an hour. Finally get there. You know, it looks like I'm going to make it. Fantastic. It's going to, you know, the, the storm had blown, blown by already. It was just the aftermath of, of the roads. But, um, you know, planes were taken off and stuff. Fine. Like I said, I had a 6 a.m. flight. I got there by like 5 o'clock, you know, through security, all that stuff. Not a problem. Um, and then I go to the gate, which the gate really wasn't, you know, the gate. This is Sun Country I'm flying out of. And there is no actual gate given. I'm looking on the monitor and doesn't have a gate for my flight. I'm like, what the hell's going on there? So long story short, there's no gate agent whatsoever at the desks over there. This is after I checked in my bag. I, I, fl- I was flying with my, uh, my backpack, you know, packed all my hunting stuff in there. Um, so there's no gate agent. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's kind of weird. So I flagged down one of the people in the Sun Country vests walking around. And I said, hey, um, there's no gate for my flight. What's going on? You know, this, that. And while he's sitting there checking, another passenger comes up and says, Hey, yeah, I'm on that flight too. And he's looking on his phone. He said, it just, it just turned to canceled on my app. And I thought, Oh shit, this is, this is, this is my luck. So basically what happened was, um, Sun Country, they said it was, well, their, their verbiage is it was a third party outage which is why they had to cancel every single flight they had yesterday, uh, on Monday, um, all their domestic flights, and I think maybe even a couple international, uh, international, I'm not sure. So that either means they had a server meltdown or they got hacked, one of the two. But basically, I mean, I'm literally at, like, the door. I'm literally at, I mean, I'm through security, I'm through everything, waiting to get on a plane, finally, you know, to do something worthwhile uh, with my absolute just joke of a season, and um, this is literally like like Lucy yanking the football from Charlie Brown, you know. I mean, it's this that I, I put a picture up on on Instagram yesterday, uh, just a snapshot of uh, um, uh, my phone saying, you know, canceled on my uh, on my 
on my itinerary for my uh, e-ticket, you know. And uh, yeah, that, that just basically caps off what is... I mean that that's sorry my my sorry about the pause there my my computer of course is just acting up and it can't even do a simple recording just a guy talking um so that that just basically encapsulates you know my entire season in in a snapshot I mean that's it's just uh you know it's the 28th now you know we go through the 31st basically but I'm not going to be able to get out um to do anything here for deer so I'm, I'm done I'm so you know we got another like two months of like small game and I'll get out here and there midday again kind of like that but um basically for any you know trying to get something done with with a stick bow yet again year four fucking in the toilet just you know just just gut-wrenching and, and yesterday was like I said it was just a kick in the dick the final kick in the dick was like yep this is what this year is going to be like so I'm going to try and get back down there maybe in the spring we have to talk dates uh me and you know the family and 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 jim and stuff like that and just see what if i can what i can go you know maybe in march sometime or april i don't know um and aside from that and aside from like you know like turkey hunting here i really have nothing to look forward to you know um my entire year like my entire world as far as like what makes me i mean family aside okay i'm not going to say that but like my entire year like the things that make me happy and interest me basically are from like middle of september through december that's it once december the end of december comes around again you know small game hunting fine that's fun just getting out here and there but um i get the opposite of that seasonal depression and people get the depression you know like in the winter time you know i love the cold i absolutely love fall and winter i love it but when hunting ends i have nothing to look forward to i mean zero and i dread the warmer and warmer and warmer like days and months coming i absolutely just despise the ever living shit out of summer um I'm, i don't do well in heat i don't do well in humidity i, I don't like bugs i don't like the creepy crawlies I, you've, you've heard me bitch about this before and i'm sorry i'm dumping on you guys but it's just it's just that frustrating to me right now um so basically like all i can think about now is getting through summer it's not even close to summer yet but in my mind it is that's how my mind works it's it's weird and i want to get back into september again in october that's it that's what i have to look forward to because there's nothing that interests me in the spring and summertime um that i remotely want to do other than stay indoors in the air conditioning and watch like hunt you know hunting shows on, on youtube that's that's pretty much it you know um course we do all this stuff you know out outdoors you know with my my daughter and stuff and you know parties this that and the other but honestly that's not my thing i do it for her you know i do it for the family but it's not my thing i i I don't like water i'm not a big fisherman i don't like pools you know i don't like going to the beach i don't like you know humidity i don't like doing stuff outside where you know i walk 10 feet and i'm a sweaty mess i take five showers a day it just disgusts me I, i it's just not my thing so basically yeah um just another just kind of depressing season and um i don't know i'll get over it again sorry i'm i know, I know i'm bitching at you guys but uh i don't mean it to be that way i'm just just a little just a little more than dejected but um i hope you guys the seasons went great uh seems like a lot of people shot a lot of stuff and um you know, I genuinely am happy for you guys. I just wish I would have <laughs> had a chance to share in some of that success. But, um, of course, we're going to head into uh, New Year's Eve here. So, you know, definitely, you know, be safe. Don't, you know, all the normal stuff. Don't drink and drive. Don't be stupid. Um, you know, just I, I hope all the friends and family and Christmas and all that stuff went went great for you guys. We had a great Christmas. So, you know, that, that was definitely fun. But, um, yeah, you're just going to have to restart planning for, for next year. So, anyway, um, 
On to our guest. So uh, today I've got Josh Miller as a guest today. Um, I ran into Josh, of course, online while uh, doing some more, you know, investigating and watching stuff on St. Patrick Lake Longbows with my previous guest, Eric Hoff, uh, on the on the uh, previous episode. Now, uh, Josh is a, um, uh, well, he's a hunter, fa- you know, father, husband, um, you know, diehard bow, diehard bow hunter. He's a competitive shooter. He shoots competitively for um, Three Rivers Archery. Very successful, very successful. And uh, he does a bunch of other stuff, too, that we didn't even get to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about it in, in, in a future uh, future episode. But a uh, really interesting guy, very cool. Um, just diehard, you know, longbow shooter. And he got into a good working relationship, uh, friendly, friendly relationship with Eric over at St. Patrick Lakes. And, and he, he shoots a lot of his bows, um, so much so that his, his YouTube channel is called Stickman Archery, S-T-Y-K-M-A-N Archery, because a lot of the St. Patrick Lakes stuff is, you know, um, spelled S-T-Y-K, you know, American stick, Minnesota stick, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, so I started watching his stuff. I'm like, oh, well, I, I need to talk to this guy. And, and I know he's been on, um, I didn't realize until afterwards, I, I had seen these videos, but I didn't realize it was him. Um, he's been on with uh, Cody Greenwood. Uh, and I know with, uh, with Mick, uh, Mick, uh, Mick Chambers uh, on our Archery Geeks. So I didn't realize that that was him. But anyway, so Joe, go check those ones out too. They're, you know, any, any kind of content that, uh, that the Josh is on is, is pretty cool. Uh, very knowledgeable. His videos are, uh, they're not, he's got some hunting stuff out there. And he's, he said he's going to try and get some more. But most of them are, um, are, are you know, bow reviews and arrow setups and, and, um, you know, tuning and, and arrow building and cresting and that kind of stuff. Very, you know, super, super in depth. Um, really fun, fun to watch. He's a really, you know, cool, easy guy to talk to. Very, very passionate. So I'm really glad I had a chance to talk to him. I appreciate him being on the show. Um, if you listen to this, uh, he, he did have a concern about, you know, whether he, he cut out too much here and there. Uh, he, he does cut out a few times, but I didn't think it warranted, um, re-recording so uh if for some reason if there's an issue with it and you're like oh what you know why is it cut out so much blame me don't 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 blame him but um i i thought you know well it wasn't enough it wasn't enough he kind of fades in and out a little bit here and there too but um he was kind of concerned about that and i said don't worry about it you know we get the gist of of you know everything that comes through and and most of the recording is just fine but um when you re-record you just don't get that that same interaction you don't get that same initial banter because he and i hadn't really talked uh, before that just like a lot of the, the guests i have on here so we kind of got to know each other via the podcast and it's just fresh that way you just can't recreate uh you know recreate questions like that and have um have the same response or pretend to have the same response uh it just you know it just doesn't work that way so anyway anyway i thought it was great i really love talking to him i appreciate him being being on here i'd like to have him on again in the future and so definitely go check out his channel like i said stick man archery and um yeah go go again check out the the saint patrick lake longbows too um you know that minnesota stick and that pacific stick really have my eye and i know um the minnesota stick has a different grip and then you know the the straight grip asl like egg shaped thing that i didn't like uh previously but he can also do the 
American stick, I believe, and the Pacific stick, which is uh, which is made out of yew, yew wood, um, in a dished grip. And the dished grip looks like it's got more of a flat spot in it rather than a, than a pointy egg-shaped uh, part in your palm. So that really kind of has my um, has my eye. Both of those two, I'm kind of going back and forth. I don't know if I really want another spend money on another bow um, or can justify it or not. But uh, I, I'd really like to try and shoot one of them because they look really really sweet. I think I, you know, despite the fact that um, that, you know, the bow that I tried, the ASL that I tried didn't really jive with me. It was mostly because of the grip. And I still, you know, I'm still drawn to that mystique of just that, that flexed, you know, simple D-shaped uh, bow and how quiet it is. And, um, yeah, there's just, there's just something about watching someone shoot a longbow. And, um, and it kind of still pisses me off that, uh, it kicked my ass and I don't, I don't like not being able to do, to, you know, to, to do things, not necessarily master it, but I mean, I just don't like not being able to shoot it as well as someone else, um, you know, in my mind. So I, I've got this personal, it's not a vendetta, but it's like a personal quest to like to try and shoot one of these things properly and get good at it. So I don't know, d d down the line, I suppose. But anyway, I've uh, rambled on, on long enough. Apologize for that. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And here is my interview with Josh Miller. shot cycle and all that good stuff so i mean it's whatever whatever goes we go you know yeah I, yeah absolutely i've, I've been I, I've been i was going to ask you about some of that stuff too because i was uh, just kind of watching some of your your shooting and, and i watched a couple of your videos when you were doing um uh kind of like follow alongs at like 3d 3d ranges and stuff so you, you've kind of got i don't i don't want to say like a unique shot cycle but you know you're you know, you definitely, it seems like, kind of come from above the target and then, you know, like, go down, then you draw first and, you know, very good at bending and all that stuff. So, yeah, I kind of want to want to dig into that. But, um, yeah, but J Joshua Miller, thank you for thank you for coming on the Bowhunting Soul podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Pleasure to be here. So, um, you are in Missouri, correct? Is that, am I correct on that? That is correct. I am in uh, the boot hill of Missouri, so southeast, um, about 20 miles away from the, the Arkansas-Missouri border there, so, you know, pretty close there. You got, you kind of born and bred from there, or? Uh, I was actually born in Dallas, Texas, but uh, oh, okay. moved here whenever, yeah, so uh, we, uh, we moved here whenever I was probably about two and a half, three, uh, to come back for uh, the family farm. My dad kind of took over it whenever my, uh, grandpa's health kind of deteriorated so mm -hmm. been here ever since and uh yeah and uh what do you uh what, what what do you do what do you do for like your your day job there not not the fun stuff like hunting and, and shooting and, and longbows <laughs> and stuff <laughs> what, what do you do to pay the bills job, it? uh so actually a lot of people don't know I'm, I'm a nurse but i don't work as a nurse uh i'm actually with the va right now uh I do serve our veterans. Um, very, very fortunate to have such a great job uh, to give back to the community too. So it's it's really great. Um, so yeah, that, I'm actually working in like a, a sterile processing. <laughs> it's it's kind of goes hand in hand with nursing, but uh, yeah. you know it, it's kind of where I landed, and it's it's been a great job for me. That's you no, know, that's very cool. I think you're you're the first first person that's uh, been on that that. that that does any that any kind of that that stuff i don't think i've ever had an, uh, a nurse before much less someone specific to the to the va so um yeah no very cool like you and i kind of got hooked up like relatively recently um i started i started um 
this could almost be, and I don't want, I, and I want to, I don't want to take anything away from you, but it could almost be like a St. Patrick Lake Part Two, <laughs> okay? Because the current episode that's out there is uh, the one I had one with uh, with Eric Hoff, obviously St. Patrick Lake Longbows, and then it kind of got me onto your channel because you're like a big fan of his stuff and shooting, you know, shooting his bows and things like that. So I started watching um, your content on YouTube um, and following you on Instagram and, and things like that, and. Uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, I, I need to, you know, get to know this guy a little bit better because you're putting out some some pretty cool stuff, um, bow reviews, um, some like 3D kind of like like shoots, follow along, some some tech tips type type of stuff, um, and uh, yeah, so I just kind of reached out to you and I said, hey, you know, if you want to just kind of come on and we can kind of just get to know each other, just just BSing. So that's how this whole kind of conversation that we're having right now has kind of started. You and I really haven't talked very much uh, other than like like two, three minutes while I think we were both waiting to go pick up our kids from school, you know, (laughs) the other, the other day. So, um, yeah, so I I guess I kind of want to get into that. So, I mean, we can kind of begin at the beginning. Um, you're, so you moved to Missouri, you know, family farm, you said kind of at a, at a pretty young age. And, uh, do you, do you come from a hunting background then is, is, is your family, uh, is, is that, you know, do you have kind of like some of that heritage in, in, in your family or how that come about? You know, it's, it's funny. Actually, no. So I grew up in a, like in the conservation area, like there's public ground all around my house. Uh, the, I think other than my house where I grew up, it was, I always refer to my house whenever I was growing up as there's a cartoon called courage, the cowardly dog. <laughs> there's like this old rustic house out in the middle of nowhere. That's kind of like what I grew up in. Um, <laughs> but as far as hunting, no, uh, my family, uh, my on my grandma's, you know, my mom's side from uh, they were kind of hunters, but they weren't very into it. Into it, and my dad, you know, they were farmers, so they there was no time to really really hunt. Um, I actually got into hunting. Oh gosh, uh, not too awful long ago. I bet it was like right after high school. Um, I my friend brought me out to to shoot a deer, and you know, we went to his blind, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, it was. It was really cool. I actually, uh, my uncle brought me out when I was probably 11 or 12 and he, they had like 10,000 acres that they had, uh, free range to. Well, my uncle's idea of hunting was, okay, get out of the truck, walk a hundred yards down the hill. Here's a rifle. Good luck. <laughs> okay. You don't do that to an eight year old kid. I got oh, turned geez. around. The, yeah, it was, it was horrible. I say eight years old. I, I, I don't even remember. All I know is I was young and uh, my brother ended up, we ended up like uh, was a couple ridges away from each other and I ended up uh, getting lost and was just screaming and uh, he found me and we were walking back to camp. I fell in a creek and, and uh, got all cold and was about froze to death and it was not very fun. So I didn't go hunting again until my friends made me go. And uh, so after I was going to say, that's not a good introduction. Like, hey, let's keep doing this experience. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible, man. I hated it. And then, uh, you know, my, my buddy, a good friend of mine, like I said, he he was like, dude, you got to give it another try and brought me out on his property and killed the deer. And I think since then, dude, I've just been on a, oh, and anything I can get my hands on. It's got a season. I'm after it. <laughs> right, right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that, you know, that, that's, <laughs> you know, we, we always talk about like, you know, what, what we need to do to get, you know, kids and kids involved and that kind of stuff. Right. So there's, there's a fine balance between like, just kind of letting them just kind of sit on their iPads all day and do nothing. 
and um, kind of what you went through, which is literally like tossing you into the woods, like head first, like, here you go. Fend <laughs> <laughs> for yourself. Right, yeah. Almost <laughs> There's got to be there's got to be like a gray area in between where 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 it works out better. So, um, so did, did you have um you said so did you have success relatively early then like when you when you got back into it like I'm guessing you said somewhere around high school time or yeah it was a uh, I would say it was probably I don't know about three or four years after high school so it wasn't like right after high school but yeah um I actually every single year after that it was like a deer every year um minimum and uh, you know now it's like we, my family relies on, on, on you know, uh, venison so much now that it's, it's like we had to finally buy beef for the first time, uh, probably about three months ago. That's the first time we had to buy beef in three or four years, and it was not a good feeling. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I minimum three, four deer, just in deer, you know, uh, a year. So, wow, I've been having pretty good success. No, that that's 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 awesome. So, did you um, uh, was that when you I guess kind of first got back into it? Then was that was that a rifle thing? Was that compound? How? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, uh, yeah, just I ended up having a 308 that was uh, handed down from the family and just uh, used it. And then it was probably about two years of hunting with a rifle um, that I decided to buy a, a compound and and got a compound and. Uh, my brother was a bow hunter. He's a, he's a very, very good bow hunter and actually learned a whole lot from him, but he was serving across seas, uh, our military at the time that I wanted to go bow hunting. So and he, uh, he stuck his phone away and we were able to text and call and stuff like that. So that was, it was nice. Um, I would call him or text him in my tree and stuff like that. And he'd kind of give me pointers. So it was really, really cool. And, uh, ended up shooting a deer and it was so cool because I'm taking pictures as I'm learning to track, you know, because everything <laughs> I've always shot with my rifle just dropped. So right. it was really cool that I was I was sharing that experience with my brother through technology as I'm as I'm trying to, you know, get my first bow kill. So that was a very, uh, very special moment for me. That, oh, that is cool. So uh, what what year are we talking here? Like what as far as uh, just to get an idea of like technology of like what 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 you're dealing with as far as bows? I want to say that was probably in 16, probably in 16. Yeah. Because okay. I've so been, yeah, not exactly the dark ages of compounds or anything like that. It's, no, but I was using a, like a 1980s Matthew. It was like <laughs> an old, old bow. It was the fact it didn't blow up as I was shooting it is quite impressive. Yeah. My, my very first one was, uh, uh, a, I think a 1998, 98, 99, 96, 98, somewhere around there, uh, PSE Nova, you know, so like, you know, round, round cams, you know, no, uh, no heart, you know, it had let off and stuff, but yeah, same thing, you know, that the little two, two prong kind of, uh, rest, the metal, uh, prong rest. I can't remember what, what they're called. They're just, they're, they're terrible. So yeah. Um, and, and I just recently, as in within the last year, like sold off my last compound. Um, and that was a, that, you know, that was a 2011 model, you know? So again, I, I really didn't feel the need to, to shoot anything more, more modern than that, you know? And then I just kind of went like full traditional and, uh, you know, um, had, I've had, I'm going to tell you, I think I've, I think I talked to you about this. Like I've had like zero success shooting anything in, in the last four years. I've kind of gone 
Well, this will be for season four of uh, just full trad, basically. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been encounters it's like like twice this year where, you know, I know people get sick of hearing about it, but it's like, yeah, if I only had a compound, it'd be dead deer, <laughs> you know. But um, I think, uh, you know, I, th- I think when it happens, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be just that much of a su- sweeter, sweeter reward. But um, so uh so, so you're shooting, you're shooting this old compound. And so what decides, uh, or what, what kind of clicks in your head? Like, okay, I've, um, I'm, I'm going to try to move to a little, even more primitive type of weapon here. What, what got you into like uh single string? So be honest with you, man, traditional is just not big around where I'm at. And, uh, there's, there's a good buddy of mine that we just kind of hit it off through social media and, um, uh, ended up you know, kind of getting with him a time or two just to shoot. But I was always fascinated following his Facebook page because he would just slay these big bucks with a longbow. And here I am. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I got this one at like seven yards or this one at, you know, 15, 10 yards. I'm like, dude, that is freaking close. Like I've never, I'll shoot a deer at like 20, 30 yards with a compound. And I'm like, super, super close. You know, so I was just like, how cool is that to have that close of a relationship with a deer, you know, to just be that close to a deer and just be its deciding, like, I, I don't know. It just, it was really, really cool. That's what really intrigued me. So I reached out and I was like, dude, that seems like the ultimate style hunting. Like I want to build that. And uh, yeah, so I went out and bought a Samic Sage, I believe it was. I overbowed way off the bat. I think I bought like a 55 pound Samic Sage because I'm thinking, oh, I'm young, I'm strong, and uh, developed bad bad form right off the get go. Yep. But uh, yeah, the first year it was it was pretty rough. <laughs> so um, your your buddy is he uh, is it someone like like we'd all know, or is it just kind of or uh, I mean, is, is he kind of on on the forums too? Can kind of give him a shout out or whatever, but. <laughs> He's off the grid. Uh, no, I, I, if I were to say his name, nobody would know. His actual his name is Ernie Kahn. Um, okay. He's just, uh, you know, he's a hillbilly, you know, keeps to himself. <laughs> he's a family dude and, uh, you know, just just loves the outdoors. You know, he, he doesn't go to shoots. He doesn't uh, get on social media like he just goes out. He's just like he's just a cool dude. Goes out, doesn't like look at my trophy, look what I do, stuff like that. He just goes out and lives life. And does it to the fullest. Is, is he one of those guys that like uh, like no one's heard of, but then like he opens up his barn and he's got like an entire like wall full of like giants, <laughs> you know, like holy crap, where did this come from? Yeah, he that's the guy that I said, man. He kills like all these stud deer with his his longbow and stuff. Like minimum, I would say, yeah, I think his his average kill is probably a one. I mean, to me, this is big, but I mean, it's it's nothing for him to get a one twenty one thirty every year. Right. You know, to yeah. me, that's Missouri, Arkansas border. Like that's, that's decent. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so how, how many years then were you into just kind of shooting with a compound before, before deciding to get this, uh, the Samic Sage and you got the, you got the bug. Uh, not long, man. Uh, let's see. So I said it was about 16. I've been shooting for four years, um, traditional. So, uh, maybe a, about two years, but it was like yeah. one killed one deer. With my compound, it was like, oh, God, it was a domino effect. It was like, because here in Missouri, you could just, you could buy a lot of tags, you know, just a $7 bonus tag. And depending on what county you're in, you can buy unlimited supply. So it was just like deer, 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 deer. I was just giving them away because it was just, 
for me, it was fun. You know, it was just really yeah. cool. And, and then being able to give back to the community. So it's like every single year, this was the first year that I haven't done it, you know, and I, I kind of feel bad and I, I'm still working on filling my last tag, but every single year, very first year, very last year goes straight to a donation, you know, just give it to somebody that needs it. And, uh, this year I was that family. <laughs> I needed yeah. that need me. <laughs> so, uh, but God's blessed me, man. I've, I've gotten, you know, three or four deer. I think I'm on my fourth year. I got one more tag to fill. So, um, hoping to do that with my asl and and uh give it to somebody that needs it you know so are you are you hunting um like private still is that you still kind of hunt, hunt, hunting that, that that private property that you kind of uh your family kind of you know moved into or whatever or are you doing public or, or what, what what's what's your hunting situation like yeah no i hunt public it's all public uh i have just a few acres here on the back side of my my own personal property um it's just, it's just a couple acres, but it's enough to set up something nice. But generally, no, I'm I'm all I'm all public. Um, it's there's a lot of public around me. I'm fortunate to have that, so it's it's not anything to take off 15, 20 minutes one way and and uh, and hunt public. And then of course, you know, we also have uh, small properties, you know, here and there that we'll you know drag a camp or two, and then you know just uh camp out and hunt that public ground so we're a little bit all over has has it gotten any busier um in the last two years with kind of this resurgence of people or, or influx not resurgence influx of uh, like new hunters and, and and people kind of shifting away from like rifle seasons and going into uh, uh you know bow seasons and uh you know things like that is it is it more crowded for you are you noticing or Oh, God. no. So actually, it's just the opposite, man. Rifle really? season here is ungodly. Like, I don't even, most of the time, I don't even go out. And that's that's a big reason why I also rifle hunt, because it's like, I mean, you just can't compete on public ground with some, whenever the the, the orange pumpkin, you know, the tree pumpkins mm-hmm. come in. Dude, it's, it's pretty tough, which is okay, you know. there it's a, I'm, I'm totally for using public ground. That's what it's there for. You know, people need to, you know, all have that opportunity, you know, but yeah, rifle season is, is a little tougher. Um, bow season. No, man, I have not seen as many bow hunters as I usually do, but rifle season. Yeah. It seems like it's just doubling every single year. Really? So, yeah. It's huh. more of a pro bow hunter because where I'm at, it's like, you know, early season, late season, every season is bow season, you know, or every, every month there's just two weeks out of the year that it's like, you kind of get a break, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, yeah, I, I was just curious because there's just some other people, you know, that, that that have mentioned they do some out-of-state hunts down there and stuff. And, um, you know, they're just saying it's just just completely overrun uh, way more than previous years and they remember that kind of stuff. So I, I was just I was just curious yeah. that you kind of live there. So Sure, and I would imagine more north, northern Missouri. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty, you know, it's it's pretty uh pretty tough up there. But the further south you go, I, I usually don't have too big of a problem okay so um you decide to make the switch sam Sage, you realize uh hey this is a little bit too heavy for me um and so what what kind of slaps you into reality and like hey man i I need to back off on weight here and put put my ego aside number one and number two switching from a recurve to you know your kind of current passion here which is longbows um what 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 was that little little detour that turn so Going back to my friend, you know, he kind of recommended the Samick Sage, you know, because it was it was a great starter bow for one. And if I loved it, awesome. If I hated it, 
cool. I'm out a hundred bucks, you know, right. whatever. So, uh, you know, as I was like, it, it was just traditional, traditional. I didn't know really the difference between recurve and longbow. And, uh, so then I'm like, Hey man, what's that bow you're killing all these deer with? And he's like, Oh, it's my longbow. And I'm like, okay, that looks sick. That looks really cool. I'm going to give me a longbow. And it wasn't so much that I downed my poundage then. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at my very first longbow I ever bought uh, right now. It is actually a, an OMP Sierra, and that was at 55 pounds. And uh, same thing, man. Whenever I first started shooting, it took a little bit of getting used to because it was so different as far as like switching from a, like a, a high wrist to a medium wrist. You know, I was getting that shock and the, the different feel, and I just kind of stuck with it because I was just like, it's cool to have a long bow, you know. You, you, so. you, you can't you can't say shock if you're an ASL shooter. That's that's kind of a no no, right? Because you get in trouble if people say if you have shock if you shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could totally get into that too, man. I, I just, oh, I could I could yeah, I could rant and rave on ASLs all day. I, I do. Really, I do. I definitely want to like dive down deep into uh, in, into all of those because you do some pretty amazing um, uh, in depth uh, uh, reviews of the bows that you're shooting. But um, so yeah, so that the OMP Sierra um, again, that's kind of is that like a, like a three kind of like a three rivers like bow, right? I mean, somewhere where you kind of quote unquote like entry level. I'm doing air quotes here, but like still like a like pretty sweet shooting bow. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's still in the pre, the beginner phase there. It's uh not something ideal for longer draw people, but it's something that's relatively cheap. I think I paid like two hundred bucks for it, and uh, it is a laminated glass bow. It, it looks nice. It it shot nice once you got it figured out. Um, it, between that and then figuring out how long my draw was, and uh, it did not like a long draw because uh, a stack and stuff like that. But yeah, it was uh. Oh, did I lose you? Nope. Oh, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yep, I got you. Yep. Oh, sorry, where where was I at there? Uh, something at long draw. You uh, it wasn't quite meant for a long draw. Oh yeah, because it, it just stacks there at the final end, and uh, you know, being a longer arm guy, you you feel those walls whenever you hit about you know twenty eight inches on most mm -hmm. factory loaders, you know. So then. Um... Did, did you have, did you have much success? Uh, like what, what was, what was it like the switchover process? Right. Cause obviously totally different. Um, I think that one piece here, I, I believe it does have the kind of like a, a locator grip, but it's, it's nothing like a Sam Sage. Um, the draw cycle feels probably nothing like a Sam Sage. Uh, how long did it take you to get adjusted to, um, you know, like the, the longbow mentality versus uh, recurve? Be honest with you. It didn't take long. Um, I would say within a week, of oh. constant shooting. Um, just the reason being is because I shot a lot every single day. I'd say a week, maybe about two weeks. Um, the main thing was learning uh, pretty much grip and how it liked to be shot, um, which ultimately led me to a low-risk grip because after I, I shot that, I've kind of learned more about myself, and uh, low-risk just seems to be where I perform better. Okay. Um. So how long, how long did you have that bow? Was it, was that kind of, um, you know, was that, that was your entry into the longbow world, I guess. Um, so once you kind of started to figure out, Hey, this thing's stacking a little bit, um, and you, you like a different kind of wrist. What, what did you, did, did you start looking at other designs and, and, and investigating like, Hmm, you know, I kind of like this longbow thing, but here's some other characteristics that I'm looking for. How did that, how did that happen? 
the OMP Sierra was great, like I said, um, until it wasn't, <laughs> you know, because yep. of you know, building form, building muscle and stuff like that. So I didn't have it very long. I would say maybe about four months. I still have every single bow I've ever bought. I don't give them away. Cool <laughs> to build it and uh, hand down. But uh, it, it wasn't very long, like I said, a couple months. And then I started looking into custom bows. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a working cat. It was just me and my dog, you know, and, and didn't really have a whole lot of money. And that's how I stumbled across Eric. Eric was just getting started with St. Patrick, like longbows. He had been, mm-hmm. I think, active for maybe a couple months, I think seven, eight months. So he was relatively new in the game, too. He had been building bows for a while, but I think he had just gotten started. And I was looking, and I, I, I really liked the look of the hybrid. Uh, the swift stick. So I started doing some research on it and seeing what everybody thought of it. And then looking at like how hybrids perform and kind of how it's the, the best of both worlds, you know? Yeah. And I just, I was really intrigued by it. So I, I reached out to them and kind of had an idea of like what woods I wanted to, to have. And, and uh, me and Eric just, we hit it off right away. And next thing you know, probably two, three months later, I've got a custom bow in my hands. And uh, I just fell in love. And and then I, you know, I started getting into competitions. I did a couple competitions, just local <clears throat> I say local shoots with uh, my ONP Sierra and, and had pretty good luck. But it wasn't, you know, like if I were to go at like a world or a state shoot, I would have got smashed, <laughs> you know. But uh, I, I just, the, the swift stick just came natural to me and had some really great success. The local scores went up and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to go try to do a couple ASA state shoots and uh, ended up performing really, really well with it. Uh, did win both Missouri and Oregon with my swift stick after only shooting, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year or so. Wow. And it, yeah. So then, you know, then he's like, okay, yeah, man, let's, uh, you, you really like that bow. Well, you know, if you want, we can uh, try to get you another one and, and stuff like that. And we just built a really great friendship and, uh, Things just kind of took off. So, um, minor, minor detour. I want to back up just one sec because because you mentioned your your draw, um, your draw length. Like, how long is your draw? So, still kind of, you know, you ask people that, and usually they'll say an inch or two more than what they're drawing. Um, but I would say I am right at that thirty inch mark now. Um, oh wow! Just because of my stuff. So I'm and I'm the thing is I have a really really long arms. But if you watch my shot process, I really lean into the bow a little bit more. And I'm trying to get away from that. I want to stand up more straight and more solid. But it's just kind of built into my brain and my my shot cycle that I just, it just it works great for me. So I'm right around a 29 and a half to 30. I'd say 30 more, more or less. Yeah, just watching you shoot. Um, obviously, I've never seen any like of your shoot in like like in a hunting situation, you know, like tree stand or hunched over or whatever any of that stuff. But you do seem to shoot, you know, like like pretty like very upright, and you, you're not kind of like lean, you know, hunched over, not a lot of cant, that kind of stuff. So I think that lends itself to getting the most out of your potential draw. Um, you know, as long as you're doing everything correctly, you know, which I don't, <laughs> but, but you do, it seems like. So yeah, I, I would, I would just, I just want, I just wanted to get an understanding of, of what your actual draw is when we're thinking and talking about these bows. Cause I do want to get into to, to some of these, um, uh, these bows that you're shooting. And, uh, so, so that hybrid one, that, that swift stick, I guess that one, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying the swift stick, yeah. Yep. So that one, um, did, did it did it fit you better because it's like a reflex deflex and you're able to pull it a longer because because it's not a long bow, right? I mean, it's it's what was that one like like sixty inches or um, it's it's not a bow that you would think for like a really long jaw archer. Right. Yeah. Typically, you know, whenever you think long bows, you think uh, it has to be a lot longer. You know, like uh, somebody with a a thirty inch draw really needs a seventy to seventy two inch bow. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. You know, um, these bows, some of the way that they're built and they're designed now, the game has changed. You know, that's no longer active and effective. Uh, so somebody with like a, a 30 inch draw can get a inch bow, which is what I've been doing. And that's what it's going to 64 inches. So, yeah, in the design, it allowed me to really get into my full draw. So as I'm drawing and getting to like a 28 inch mark, like what I would do with the OMP Sierra. It was like I would hit a brick wall on the Sierra. There was no longer that brick wall. So it was like, okay. So that allowed me to take my game or my form to the next level, you know, and finding more of my back tension and stuff like that, which I had no idea about until maybe a year ago. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, it definitely allowed me to up my game a little bit more and, and because of the drawing. When you, um, as, as you're going through this, whether it sounds like you didn't spend a ton of time in the compound realm, but, um, when you got into, you know, the stick bow realm, um, you're, you're, you're kind of constantly developing your shot. Uh, you're learning all this stuff. Are you, are, are you kind of picking up on the whole like tuning and stuff too? That it, was that kind of happening in parallel as far as like understanding how to tune an arrow, how to tune a bow, how to match them each other. Um, did you have any kind of guidance with that, or was it just trial and error? Oh man, that's and that's what sucked the worst is uh, you know, thank thankfully we live in an age now that YouTube is there, you know mm-hmm. that and the internet, it's great source for certain things. I learned, I would say most of this on my own through watching older videos. Um, but as far as like the tuning process, yeah, all of that went hand in hand from the very get go. Okay. Um, you know, like the tuning process, I, I didn't know how to tune at the beginning. So I'm sitting here shooting like full length, uh, beaming center shot or yeah, I think they're called center shot arrows. Yeah. And I'm just like, the way I tuned was with just, wait, wait, I didn't know anything about cutting or building out the shelf or or you know adjusting your knock height or anything like that i was so i was so into this like i was bitten hard man like every night i'm spending two hours a night just reading and I, i'm not kidding you to say that two yeah. hours a night minimum watching videos everything i was so like just blown away by this and i wanted to know everything that there was which nobody will ever know <laughs> but I just wanted to know everything. So I, I learned a lot in, in a very, very short time. But that's just because I, that was my world. I, I wanted, I was so passionate about it. I just mm-hmm. wanted to know everything. And uh, which ultimately led me to wood. You know, I got carbon figured out. It was nice. It was very nice. And uh, I thought, well, how bad A would that be to shoot something with a wooden arrow? You know? Right. And then yeah. less if you it yourself. So I just, you know, got a, I didn't even get a test kit. I was just like, I started reading what everybody was shooting. And I was like, okay, this bow, 55, maybe it takes a 55 pound arrow, you know, and uh, that, that was, that's no go. <laughs> and uh, 
But trial and error, I bet you, I, I don't know how many dozens of arrows I've got. I've got, I could send pictures of my basement and how many wooden arrows I got just because of trial and error. So, yeah. So are you, are you exclusively shooting um, wood now or, or, or kind of going back and forth then? No, hundred percent wood, man. Carbon okay. just, I did shoot carbon once last year and uh, man, it just, it's there's nothing against carbon is amazing. You know, it just, it didn't feel right to me. It's like, yeah. and I with this, he laughs because I feel way more confident with wood than I do carbon. Is that just a psychological thing? Just, just because it, because it feels more natural, or is it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just because I've shot it so much now that whenever you know you get used to a sight picture of the eleven thirty second diameter of that wood shaft, mm-hmm. and then you drop back down to carbon, and I know it's more uh, precision and everything else but it just requires a whole different tune and and the way my sight picture worked is wood just just filled all the holes you know it it literally checked all the boxes that that i needed and that i loved and of course it's just it's just more natural you know to me and i think it's uh just watching the flight of an arrow that's wood that you pretty much built you know it's it's pretty cool it's really cool so what are you using? Um, what 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 wood type are you using? So I use Port Orford cedar from uh, Archery Pass and and also Three Rivers. But uh, Archery Pass man, he's been amazing for me. Uh, I I send him what I need and and he gets it directly to me. He spine weight or spine matches and weight matches for me. Um, but yeah, I do Port Orford cedar. And for my feathers, I'm also using his stuff. But I shoot four inch right wing shield cut mm-hmm. and then you know just like the the glue on points the i can't remember what they're called there's only like two or three models but uh adp i think is what they're called but i, I shoot 160s usually on that minimum because i want my hunting setup and my competition setup to be the same right right yeah i, I haven't gone down the um uh wood rabbit hole but the more and more i'm um, you know, I'm into this, the more I want to experiment with that, but I know I'm just going to just, it's just going to be like, you know how it is. It's going to be like another money, money, money pit, you know, just keep dumping money into, into that, that Avenue. You, you know what I mean? Cause it's just like, cause I know yeah. when I get into it, I'm not going to like be like, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy with just like a half a dozen that I'm just going to shoot, you know, for a little bit and see how I like it. I'm going to end up buying the tapering tools. I'm going to end up, you know, with, like you said, like boxes and boxes of, of, uh, of different spines and lengths and, 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 and wood types. And, you know, it's just almost like you got to like re retool your entire setup from, you know, like, like like carbon inserts and you know sl- you know fl- slip fit knocks and that kind of stuff to you know glue on everything and taper to everything but i know i'm going to end up there sometime i just i'm just not quite ready to pull that trigger and having a good solid uh you know circle of people that actually you know know what they're talking about is man that's that's half the battle because yeah. I, you know knowing somebody that knows how to tune wood or knowing more about, you know, that person or, or what their actual draw is, is key. And here's the thing, man, uh, you know, having somebody that you can really talk to that, that, like I said, knows their stuff, but that'll save you a lot of money. Like I had uh, a guy that's been messaging me here lately and 
and I'm trying, he's, he's interested in getting into wood and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I take in kind of what Bowie's using, get his draw, all that. And I don't tell him exactly what arrows he's needing. I, you know, I'm like, Hey, get this test kit, get these points, you know, get that fine tuned. And then we'll take the next step. And if you, whether you, you want to build, whether you want to buy them, you know, uh, already made, but then you start getting into, well, what person, you know, what test kit, I'm sorry, what tuning test kit are you using? And then are you going to buy wooden arrows from somebody else? Because it's not going to match. Like there's so much ways you can cut from say, you know, saving money. And, uh, you know, that's just having a good, good, reliable source of somebody that's, that's done it um, is, is, a, is a huge factor. And the thing about us, you know, in the track community, people don't just blow you off. If you ask for help, man, that's mm-hmm. what I love about the track community. They, they, anybody will go out of their way to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's 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 a lot of people you can reach out to. And uh, j- just on this topic alone, I had uh, uh, Blaine. Blaine, I'm sorry, I can't remember your last name, but he's a stump stalker, you know, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. He's in uh, British Columbia. He was on like several months ago and, uh, you know, he built some really beautiful stuff. And we got into talking about uh, wood arrows because I knew like absolutely nothing um, about wood arrows. Uh, other than that they existed and there was some different types of woods, you know, but I didn't know anything about the sizes and this, that, and the other. So we got into talking a little bit and, um, I, I've, I've messaged, uh, um, you know, Andy Ponce about, about some, something else, something that's like feathers, you know, unrelated to actual like, you know, wooden arrow building, but I know there's resources out there that I can reach out to. Um, I'm just, I, I, it's almost like, um, I'm afraid to pull the trigger cause I know what I'm going to be in for. <laughs> it has it, to be. You've got to have that want to do it. It's not something yeah. that you just, it's not like carbons. You can go out, buy it, cut a little bit off and have it tuned. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it really, you have to have that want and that passion to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing me, like I don't, you know, like I build, you know, or assemble, you know, all my arrows. Right. So, and I'll fletch them all. Um, you know, I'll cut them, I'll do the inserts in them. I swap them in and out all the time. Cause I just use hot melt. Um, I know that when I get into wood stuff that I'm going to be, you know, into the whole like dipping and cresting and all that, you know, you know what I mean? And yeah, because, <laughs> because, because when I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> some wood, man. It's like a hard flex. And, you know, when you have a nice, good looking wood and arrow, you just show it off and you're like, yeah, I built that. You know, it's almost like it may fly like crap sometimes. But it's like, I mean, not that they do, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, at least it looks good. Like, sometimes it's just a flex to have a good looking wooden arrow. You know? At least it looks good flying sideways because you can see more of more of it, right? <laughs> I always tell people, I may not shoot, I may not, you know, shoot the greatest, you know, but I'm going to look good while doing it, at least. You know, if I have a bad day shooting, I'm going to look good doing it. Just to just to kind of illustrate how kind of like deeply I'm like this close to pulling the trigger on this kind of stuff. I've been debating, not debating. I've been wondering because everyone seems to have like their own little like um, a cresting pattern. I'm like, I wonder what my cresting pattern would be. I wonder what colors I'd use. Okay, I'm at that point. <laughs> I'm putting the cart way before the horse. <laughs> no, I get it. Dude. Way if before the horse. Anyone ever built all the cresting? There's one pattern that's in every single arrow. That I've ever built so um yeah it's it's just a few couple bands but if you look at any of my videos if I'm shooting wood it's got that that crest on it 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Anyway, so anyway, a long detour there, but, um, so, so let's get, let's get back to, uh, your, your, your kind of starting to shoot these other bows now. So you were super happy with uh, the swift stick and then you're developing this relationship with, uh, with Eric over at St. Patrick Lake. And, uh, so, so what's, what's the next one you, you kind of dive into, um, what, what, what bow style? So I was actually very happy with the swift stick, but then he came out with the newest, or well, to him at that time, his newest model was the Minnesota stick. And he had kind of built a, a prototype and stuff like that. And, and um, he wanted to send it to me to kind of, I'm sorry, let me back up. It was not the, the Minnesota stick. It was the American stick. He had actually built the American stick. Mm. And um, <clears throat> it was so cool because as I was listening to your, your guys' podcast, um, you know, Eric really says that the American stick is his baby. And man, I just smiled ear to ear because no one really knew until that podcast. You know, a couple people knew. Nobody knew how much time and effort he had put into making that bow to be such a special shooter. Um, I think he said that he had like 60-something bows he had in a fire. You know, yeah. that he had just crashed. I mean, that's that's the type of drive he had. So, and it, it was just so cool, man. I'm sitting here, I think I've got like six or seven of them. But uh, but that was the next bow, and he had built the prototype of that, and of course I was shooting it for him, and uh, and that's kind of where my love for the ASL came from was through Eric, and it wasn't so much that I had done any research on it. He was just like, hey, I need I need somebody to give me their thoughts on this. Would you mind doing it? And I was like, hell yeah, you know that's cool. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, and you know, I was that guy whenever I first picked up an ASL. I shot it and I was like, holy crap, that sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, that was not fun at all, man. And it took me a little bit. And Eric was like, no, nah, man, you got to shoot it like this, do this, do this. And here's where you got to grip. And, and then it was just like instantly fixed. And I was like, man, that's freaking fun. Like, that's the ultimate bow right there. It's a stick, you know, like there's nothing yeah. to it. And then you put some wood with it and it's just, I don't know, man, it's bad. A. <laughs> that's it's so natural. So yeah, you know, I, I spent a grand total of probably like a week, less than a week actually shooting um, that Northern Mist that I had. So, uh, and I've been honest in the fact that I, I probably did not give it enough time to, um, to, to really kind of acclimate myself more you know i, I kind of got it in my head like okay i if i like it i like it and i know if i do and, and if i don't i don't it's, it's pretty like glaringly obvious to me but um it still bothers me to not be able to shoot that bow and i've almost i almost wanted to like you know i don't think i'd ever buy an as like a straight grip asl again but i'd still like to maybe like like i i, I don't like not not succeeding at something you know right. and right. The, the fact that like that one bow like kicked my ass and I'm like, all these old timers can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, they're so, they're so in love with that style because it was the American yeah. style, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, the game has changed and, and that's, uh, that's what I would like to tell people is, you know, the way you shot ASLs back in the day, you know, there's, there's so much in the craftsmanship and the design now that, I mean, you don't have to death grip them. You don't have to, you know, grab a hold of them. And, and I mean, it's, I, I could really get into this, but the way, if you look at the way that I shoot the bow and I've even asked top tier archers, I mean, that shoot these ASLs, Paul McCarty, uh, uh, even Eric himself and Ben Mayer, you know, and Cody Greenwood, 
everyone that I've talked to, we've all got a same identical style in the way that we grip and present the bow as, as we shoot it. And none of us are death gripping it. None of us are putting, you know, there, there's just so much into uh, the design of the bow and, and the way that an archer feels comfortable shooting it. So, sure. you know, and that's, that's, that's kind of like a, a, a touchy subject, especially in the hill style category. You know, it's like, this is the way to do it. This is the only way to do it. No, that's not accurate. You know, there's, like I said, the game has changed. So many things have changed. Um, and it's, it's all about the archer, you know, themselves, you know, how, do, how do they, how do they want to shoot it? You know, I, it's, I could really get into it, but that's, that's a whole nother game. Um, no, no, we can. Yeah, whatever. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm really curious because, um, you, you know, you're right. It, it does kind of get touchy, especially with the, with the ASL crowd, um, you know, who, and again, I'm, I'm kind of pigeonholing, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it typically, it tends to be like the older, you know, curmudgeon crowd, like the super, super trad curmudgeon crowd, you know, um, that that has a like a deep affinity for these bows and anybody that comes along and says well you know i i don't know how to shoot it the immediate response almost is like well you got to grip it like a man you know and you got to do this and it's like okay well i may not have been shooting for 20 years but um i you know i've been doing this for about five okay um in earnest so in that time i've kind of I, I can shoot bows that aren't like perfect for me. I can shoot around it and still shoot pretty decent. It's not a bow that I would like. Um, let, let, let's say there's like a, a bow that's got like too much of a palm swell or too fat or uh, just, you know, it's, it's, it's got a ridge instead of a flat spot on my palm, whatever. I can work around it, right? I can shoot around it. But nothing is really kind of like befuddled me like like that ASL did. And that's what's really kind of like digging at me because it's it's like I, I didn't I – didn't, um, not that you're ever going to conquer it, but it it, it 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 just kicked my ass so much, you know, like so, like whoa, you know. But and and it's like, well, all, all these people can do it. How come I can't do it? So that still kind of digs at me a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, that's you're just having a bad experience, and that's the yeah. thing is like you get a new person that doesn't know or understand the design, and you know they get all this information on how they're supposed to shoot it, and they really try it, you know. And and here's the thing. That just drives me nuts. And I talk to Cody about this all the time, Cody at Trad Lab. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, all these new archers, if you're looking at traditional archery, if they're looking at the fence, they're just peeking over, they're like, do I want to do that? And they start reading that, you know, these these guys are saying, oh, they're the most forgiving bow ever, and they're accurate and stuff like that. That that could not be so much further from the truth. If, it, if that was the truth, then you would see those in the Olympics versus yeah. recurve, you know? Like there's, it, it literally defies physics. So it's not that ASLs aren't cool or they're, you can't shoot them great. Cause let me tell you, there's some studs out there that can shoot these bows like better than, than most of us can with recurves, you know? Yeah. So, but it's not so much that it's, that they're, they're that forgiving or that, I mean, that's, you got to give the Indian credit, you know, he's worked hard to get that. And so whenever I'm telling people, you know, these ASLs, I treat my ASL as like a coach because if you're going to, you know, mess your form up or you're going to let that bow arm slide or, or you're going to have a slight pluck, it's going to show you what you're doing wrong. Like it's going to exaggerate. Like, let's just say you pluck, well, you pluck with a recurve, like an ILF that's perfectly tuned to you. It, it's going to go a little bit right. Okay. Now have an ASL that's perfectly tuned to you and do the exact same pluck. It's going to show up way more than what mm-hmm. it would 
you know, so it's, it's just, I always refer to my ASL as a, as a great coach. You know, if you want to, it's, it's a totally not a whole different form than, you know, like a hybrid or recurve. Um, but it's, it's, it, it is different, but you got to have that, that want to, uh, to be able to shoot it. So when you got yours, was it a, was it a full on straight grip? Yes. Yes, it was. And, um, I did the exact same thing that you did. I just grabbed hold of it, you know, tried to shoot it like a man. I was putting all my pressure in the wrong place and, uh, man, it literally, you know, people say hand shock or that you picking up to, dude, I literally felt a lightning bolt go through my arm and I was like, what was that? That was not fun. Like I know what hand shock felt like. And it was like that times three. It's just because I didn't know how to shoot it. But once I figured it out and and putting that pressure in the right spot and learning to, you know, actually draw and, and hold it, it was, shoot, man, it was, it was golden. And, you know, it, just the test alone from Trad Lab show that it's it's an amazing bow. But you got to know how to shoot it. Yeah, I did. I did watch that episode with uh, um, with him and him and Eric uh, with it, where they go through all the all the bows and the, um, the the draw force curves and stuff like that. But yeah, so um, so so obviously you 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 kind of ramped up with with the ASL thing thing pretty quickly. Um, do you do you feel? But before we get into the the other styles, because there's there's a couple other styles that you've been testing. But between the two, let's say like the two uh, completely opposite ends of the spectrum as far as longbows goes, you've got you've got a reflex deep, deflex hybrid like kind of V-shaped bow, and then you've got uh, and shorter. And I think you cut out last time. You were saying the length of that bow, um, but I'm guessing it's shorter than like a 66 inch, let's say ASL or something like that. Between the two, right? Um, we're not talking competition. We're not talking 3D. Um, the way that you hunt what which which gives you a more confidence inspiring feel and why i guess what works better for you in an actual hunting situation sure so the way that i hunt um i'm not a spot and stalker you know i've done it a couple times i'm not i've never been acting you know never been successful with it i hunt from a tree stand um so I, I I do like the lighter, smaller thing of it, but here's the thing that I learned is that the the way that I shoot out of my tree stand is the rail is no longer in my way. I've kind of adjusted to that over the past two years. Um, to be honest with you, and this is what Cody and I were talking about the other day too, my ASL. And the reason being is because there is no mistakes with that ASL. Everything has to be perfect whenever you're hunting, right? You know, you want to make sure that you give this animal the cleanest death. It's given its life away, you know. So yeah. you want to, to make the most ethical, lethal kill. So as you're drawn, you know, everything's got to be perfect. You, I mean, I, I keep going over in my head, okay, you know, keep that bow arm statue, you know, pull back, you know, come off clean. You're just, I'm thinking of all these things, and it's just like, it has to be perfect. So it's like, after just repetitive shooting, it's, it's, uh, it's just clearly my ASL. And plus, whenever I'm hunting with my ASL, I actually can't it a ton, um, which is a little bit different than my competition shooting style. But I tune my broadhead so that I get the exact same cant every single time. So as I'm, as I'm tuning, um, my broadheads are flat, like they're just completely flat underneath the animal. Um, I can, it's kind of hard to show without a, a video, but uh, actually I do have a video on YouTube showing how I do it. 
So my cant is exact same every single time. And I'm still gapping off of that animal. So if it's over, you know, 25 yards with an ASL, I'm not going to shoot it. Uh, 20 yards would even be pushing it with my, with my, well, no, 20 yards would be great. I'd even shoot out to 23, 25, but, uh, it's, it's just the, the, that the way that I can't, it gives me a, so much more of an open window. And sure. then whenever I, I quiver on it and everything else, it's, it's, it's really, really quiet. Yeah. So I, I definitely love, uh, love my ASL. So you would, so you would choose that one over, over like a hybrid. One, you you shoot you're shooting it better, more con. Is, is it maybe maybe I can rephrase this question here? Are you shooting it um, better because it feels more natural to you now because you've had to shoot with such uh, like strict form, make sure everything's perfect, or does it still make you think about it and you're making better shots because in in the moment of truth you are actually thinking, um, going through all those steps and making sure everything's perfect, or is it more natural? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's actually a very good question. I've never really gave it that much thought. Um, you know, I've never really thought of that. Um, I mean, both bows are great. I, I mean, I, I can kill with both bows. I've done it with both bows. Um, I think that just the ASL feels so much more natural. It's it's not so much a confidence thing. It's just like, it's kind of like asking a purist, you know, like why they are the way they are. Or if you yeah. hear like, Eric talking about there's just something magical about the arrow flight, you know, whenever it leaves, it's that feeling. I mean, it's, it's so hard to describe. And of course it's just ultimate bad A, you know, it's mm-hmm, like you go out mm-hmm. with a stick and string and, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all about the archer really is pretty much what it boils down to. So here's the thing. If you don't like somebody wants to shoot a recurve, you know, like it, it's down to the preference. Yeah, you might be way more confident and more successful with that recurve, but if you don't want to be hunting with it, you know, is it really worth it? Is it really that enjoyable? And that's kind of, you know, a little bit of it, but it doesn't really matter because I'll shoot any of their bows and I'll use any of them out in the woods. But uh, right now I'm just, I'm really, really enjoying shooting my American State. Okay, okay. Yeah, fair Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I was just asking because, you know, we 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 always talk about how, um, in an actual hunting situation, right? You're, you're, you're not, you, you shouldn't really be, you know, one school of thought, let's say, or the one you hear a lot is you shouldn't really have to be like making all these mental calculations and things like that. It should just come natural. You should pick your spot. Everything else should be natural. You shouldn't have to think about your grip. You shouldn't have to think about, you know, where your limbs are. You shouldn't have to think about any of that stuff. Just focus on a spot and everything else. And if it's not 100% natural, then it's taking away your concentration from trying to pick a spot. That's, that's the way I feel. Um, or is it, you know, at the moment of truth, okay, it's better to go through like the hundreds or thousands of little tiny, you know, minute calculations that your brain gets from, uh, you know, pressure signals in your hand and visual cues and this and that, and then like consciously make a decision to, you know, put the arrow here and aim this way and have this much tension here and, and that kind of stuff. So there's just, just two different ways of looking at it. And I was, I just wanted, you know, to see how, how you, you kind of, um, approached it, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, your very first thought was point on. And that's exactly, you got to approach, I approach hunting and competition the same way, okay? I practice year-round for hunting, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, I've made that shot. I know that. So, and whenever you're saying, you know, like, everything needs to feel natural and you pick a spot, well, here's the thing. If you shoot that and you're repetitive and your form is is the way that you're excited, you know, the, the, the form is the way that you've built it. 
you know, everything will come natural to your form. Um, and that's, that's, you know, it's, you have to practice. So, and it, and then what you said earlier is if something's not right, that's exactly right. The moment you have any doubt in your form or anything or, or the way that it's your drawing, it's game over. You will miss, you will injure something, yeah. you know? So you have to approach everything with that, that pure instinct mind. Like, you know, this is, this is the way it's going to be. This animal's going down. There's no, there's no messing this up. As sure. You want to be a hundred percent confident in yourself or, or don't do it. Okay. Um, okay. So, so moving on down the line, have you, uh, I, I'm sure you have, but have you, have you shot, let's say, have you shot all, all, all different varieties? Like he's got like a, uh, a reverse handle one, for example, and I know you've shot the Minnesota stick, but what, what do you, what do you think of that, that like a reverse handle bow? Um, yeah, no, for I you, haven't. not for you, uh, too ugly to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're on it, man. And, uh, that, like I said, in my video, each their own, um, man, I hated the look of nor of reverse handles. I just, I absolutely hated it. Um, so, so whenever he was telling me he was going to be building one, I was like, and you know, we, we were both kind of on the fence. Even he was on the fence. He's like, I don't know, but we're going to try it. Okay, cool. You know, that's just the type of person he is. And then he's like, I got the American formed. It's going to look like the American, just the opposite. And I love the way the American looks. So whenever he was building my bow, he's sending me pictures of it. I'm like, dude, this thing is, it's the most gorgeous bow I own. Hands down. The most gorgeous bow I own. Um, it is for some, it is not really my ultimate favorite out of the ASLs and there's no, no particular reason. Um, I think it's because it doesn't require as much to shoot. They, they are, they are more forgiving than, uh, in the ASL category. Now they're not the most forgiving bow, Mm -hmm. um, but they are a little bit more forgiving than the American stick or Pacific stick reason being is it's because you're directly on the limbs. You know, it's, it's, it's taken that much, um, more of your error to get more of a torque. Like it's, it's not that it's impossible to torque. I just haven't met anybody yet that, that can torque it just by pulling it back. Like you really have to want to torque that bow. Sure. Um, like the, the, like the vertical pivot line is this is pretty much the, in, the same as the line of your limbs, you know, as opposed to with, um, you know, let's like a, like a regular, regular handle bow, you know, your, the, the, you know, the, the bow was pivoting forward in your hand. Um, I'm sorry, the, the, the limbs are forward of where the, the bow would be pivoting in your hand. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's why it gets like easier to torque. But yeah, I, how, how much it, was it, was it like noticeably? Cause I've never shot a reverse handle. Um, was it noticeably easier to shoot or like, yeah, it is, but not like drastic. No, it wasn't so drastic, but you could definitely tell, um, it was a lot smoother. Um, just because you're not having to draw. So mm-hmm. it does have a little bit more on the back end that you can really get into, um, speeds. There wasn't really a significant difference in the speed. Um, but as far as the draw and knowing that there was like no torque, yeah. And, and I actually shot some really light arrows set up for it in my video and uh, God, they were just flying like freaking darts. I mean, <laughs> you know, you hear people say that, but to see it and actually hear it and then, you know, watch it, it's, it was, it was really, really booking them out, but 
the thing about ASLs is I didn't really have an arrow tuned for it just yet because ASLs, it seems like the heavier weight you put on them, the better they perform. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's... Arrow weight you're talking about. Sure, total arrow weight grains. Um, So, and what I like to do is like minimum 10 grains uh, per pound. Uh, I think most of mine are like 13 grains per pound. Mm -hmm. But as far as the Northern Stick itself, I think the main reason why I don't shoot is just because it's too pretty to shoot. And I'm having so much fun with my Pacific stick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's the one that's got the U, right? The U, uh, it's a U wood. Yeah, the U cores. Right, U cores, right. Um, and then there is uh, the Minnesota stick, which I really, really, really have my eye on. In fact, I, I messaged Cody and uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to actually like, buy that bow. Um, cause I don't really have the money to spend on it right now, but, um, that's kind of like a in between, you know, it's, it's mild, it's, it's a mild, uh, reflex deflex, but it's got like a low, like a low wrist locator. Um, I watched a video of you at a, like a 3d shoot with, uh, with like three or four of some, um, other gentlemen there, you guys are all shooting uh, traditional and, um, mostly to not not because i enjoy watching people you know walk around a 3d course you know because there's a ton of those videos but i i, I was I, i'd fast forward to, to where you would shoot and <laughs> damn that bow is like it's it's like quiet Dude, you know that's it's yeah. so quiet i'm like i'm like oh I, I love that sound and i think that's part of the thing that like draws me to wanting to shoot like that style of longbow again is just that just like dead quiet like like you know that the that the limbs make through the air and that's it Right, and if I remember correctly, um, let me see here. Just a second here. I think this is a 64-inch bow. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're 64 inches. And the reason why I was shooting that bow is because competition was pretty much over for the year. I was prepping it to go hunting. Um, mm. That was going to be my primary hunting bow because it, exactly that. It's so freaking quiet, man. I've brought that bow to uh, IBO Worlds. I always bring it as a backup bow. Because it, it performed just this, not the same as my swoop stick, but the gaps from 25 men were about the same. And it, it literally held the same way. So I always brought that as my backup bow. And I don't know how many people I've let shoot that bow. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Next thing you know, he's got a, you know, Eric's building another Minnesota stick just because the people that have shot my bow. Like, hey, man, I shot Josh's bow. Need one for hunting season. Um, <laughs> they they yeah. really over a dead quiet bow especially whenever you tune them with a a nice heavy arrow man they're they're deadly and it is the same length as the swift stick so a lot of people really get turned on by it because it does have that natural d shape but it's in a smaller uh a smaller uh length sure sure um the the grip on that i i I forgot to ask uh, eric this when he was on but um is the the actual i'm not talking about like like the like the grip uh wrap and stuff like the tennis racket wrap but he he can put on there or or not um but the actual like physical like profile of that grip um like one of the things that 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 I had an issue with, with, with like a straight ASL was like the skinnier side of that grip, like is in your palm, you know what I mean? And the, the fatter side of that grip is like out front, like the, the back of the bow. Um, does, what does the grip feel like on the Minnesota stick as far as like comparison to, um, like I, I know it's a mild locator and it's a low wrist, but is it, is it kind of flatter in your palm or is it got that ridge like a, like the straight ASL does straight grip ASL does? Mm-hmm. 
actually it's it's got refined edges so it is nice and flat on the sides but it's got okay. a little bit of a curvature in your hand there so it's uh it really highly resembles an asbel grip it's actually as a matter of fact i think it is pretty much the same exact grip as like an asbel grip don't quote me on that but i'm i'm pretty sure that's what it is so it's it's uh it's a really nice comfort feeling which is perfect for you know for different style huntings and especially whenever you're you know trying to get around a tree or something like that it's to me it's just it's a great great grip <laughs> yeah yeah like i said that one's that one's really really got my eye um i, I kind of wish i hadn't watched some of your videos <laughs> <laughs> because i'm like damn it <laughs> i really want one now just uh you know just uh i I'd, I'd love to shoot one you know what i mean but like i i don't get a chance to go to any um any traditional shoots or uh or anything like that so anything that i buy is going to be like either like i'll buy it you know like used or something just to kind of try it you know like off like archery talk or something like that and uh or or just kind of take a you know wild ass guess at it and, and and hope it works you know if it doesn't then then you know it goes it goes down the road but um yeah that one that one's definitely caught my eye because i i'd, I'd certainly like to add a longbow of that type you know to my stable just just to say that that i have one does that make sense <laughs> is that silly no no that's that's exactly <laughs> right and and that's a big part of the traditional world too is it's so scarce like there's so many boyers and so many different style bows now that you know somebody that's getting into archery doesn't know where to start so that's why I'm giving a plug to Cody Greenwood, man. That dude, that he does so much for the track community. I mean, like he puts that information out there. You can't fight facts, you know, you just can't. So if I'm looking at, you know, a different style bow or what I want to buy for anybody that's asking me questions, I automatically send them to Cody. Like, look at the, what he's done. Look at the draw cycle. Look at the, the speeds. Is that within your wheelhouse? Is that what you're wanting? Is the aesthetics, does it look good? Because let me tell you, he can take some really good pictures. You know, like, is that what you want? You know, so it's a great yeah. starting point. So that's at the tradlab.com or just tradlab on Facebook. Yeah, um, he's, he, it's it's certainly, um, I, I don't know if, if it's eye-opening. To some people, it's eye-opening, you know what I mean? But But he certainly gets a lot of crap from it, too for just kind of stating facts you know um and, and i understand there's 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 more to a bow than just like just numbers right because um it could be like the worst performing bow for somebody or the more the most stacky feeling bow to somebody or underperforming uh speed wise to somebody you know what i mean but to mm -hmm. that person that might be perfect you know what i mean they pick it up uh, or to somebody else rather that might be perfect and that's just kind of like their their unicorn bow everything just kind of gels and they they have the confidence in that one so um i, I can see i can see both sides where people say well numbers aren't no end all be all but you know cody's not trying to convince you to go buy this bow or not buy this <laughs> bow he's just saying hey here's some numbers if you care if you don't just keep scrolling on by, you know, without the without the snarky comments and the dislikes, you know. But people don't seem to be able to do that nowadays. No, no, it's 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 like that everywhere, man. Internet's changed people. Uh, it really. Is. You think it's changed people, or you think it's really just made them like their true selves come out? <laughs> I think that's I think that's scarier. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, you know. Man. Yeah, that's that's something to reflect on. That needs to be somewhere that needs to be highlighted in this podcast 
<laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, dude, I've had you on for like over an hour here. Um, so uh, real quick, I kind of want to dive into your uh, your competition stuff too. So uh, I see you shooting with like a Three Rivers uh, shirt on. Are you are you sponsored by Three Rivers? Do you represent them in some of these uh, shoots? I sure do. You know, I've I've shot their arrows a lot, and man, Jonathan Karch and the the whole company is just an amazing, amazing uh, family, you know, and, and I love being part of that team because, man, we got some top shooters. You know, we have some very elite shooters, and uh, we can always reference to one another, or, you know, kind of watch each other's back, and it's it's fun that you actually get to shoot with them, and they're from all different parts of the world or parts of the country, and, and everybody brings a different style. So, yeah, I am sponsored by them. I've got, I don't know, quite a few sponsors. Um but yeah, Three Rivers is, is definitely one of my main sponsors. Is it is it a uh, an issue that like you're shooting like one Boyer's bows, but like Three Rivers sells like their own kind of you know like the OMPs and the well maybe not whatever like the Tomahawks and things like that. I don't I don't know what everything they sell, but does that or or do they just kind of like hey we're sponsoring you with uh, like you said like arrows or I don't know what whatever else they might. How, how does that kind of work? Yeah, so there's tracks there's a uh, bow contracts there's full setup contracts and arrow contracts okay. and uh actually just uh applications for this year's uh shooting team so we'll be uh finding out who's who's all made the cut this year soon okay yeah so um w- how many how many weekends like uh how many shoots and things like that of, of your time does that take are you traveling a bunch uh, are you traveling long distance or is you, you just kind of like you represent uh, you, you represent them like locally within driving distance, local shoots? Uh, how does that work? I'm not I'm not I, I don't know anything really about the competition scene, anything from just like local shoots all the way up to like all these, you know, when they say IBO worlds and trad worlds. Like I, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. So how, how does that work for you uh, as far as like time commitment? So, and that, that's great because it goes hand in hand with me because I do like making those big shoots. Uh, you know, I do like going and seeing my friends from all different parts of the country. I've made a new friend every single year. So the, the, the three rivers really want you to make a presence, you know, not so much just in your shooting ability, but how great are you as a likable person? Are you going to promote their product? Do you shoot their product? You know, like it's, it's not so much, do you shoot it? Well, it's, do you carry yourself as a great human being? And are you fun to be around, you know? Sure. Uh, I'm always already going to these shoots and stuff like that. So, yeah, they definitely want you to make a presence. And it just it just works out that the way I'm driving and or I'm sorry, to where I'm driving and and the competitions I'm going to is stuff that they actually require in their contract. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's like I said, I I think you're like the first person that I've had on here that has uh you know that does anything like that as far as being sponsored by anybody so i i, I kind of wanted to, to pick your brain w- one thing since you have a little bit of pull maybe i don't know how much pull you have with three rivers can you please throw in a word to have them kind of revamp their spine chart on the, the the spine chart that they have for or the spine the spine calculator i i'm going to be 100 percent honest anybody from three rivers is listening i love three rivers i order a bunch of stuff from three rivers but anytime someone says uh hey you know what's the spine chart someone new that's not really into tuning and they're kind of like the first place they go and they say what how accurate is it and i'm the first one to say dude just just junk it don't even look at it um i'm sorry if that offends you or anybody else but they are it's it's seems to show like way overspined 
for for a lot of people. Like, wh- why is that? Is it just because the the the, char- the charts are old? Um, they haven't revamped them in a while. Stuffs stuffs progressed along. I mean, wh- what does that come from? Sure. So that's a very good question. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I will take an opinionated guess. Uh, once again, my favorite saying is that the game has changed. Yeah. You know, they, they probably haven't revamped in a while, but you know, these boats now, the designs, man, they're putting out some serious speeds. There's they're tuning different than what they did probably 10 years ago or, you know, it's, sure. it's uh, I would say that has a lot to do with it. And also the material, um, depending on the wood, man, you know, wood, is just really taking off. Everybody and their brother wants to shoot wood and arrows now. So you know, wood just it grows on trees, you know. You only have so many trees, but they have to season. They have to sit for a while. And and uh, I just don't think the quality of wood is what it was 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, sure. Not even 20 years ago, you know, just because it, it's selling so fast. So I think that might have a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, I, I you know I, I I wonder that often because um, it's if you if you ask people that have kind of looked at that for a long time, even longer than I've been you know doing this again, which isn't all that long, they say well that hasn't changed in a very very long time. That that's the spine calculator, the online spine calculator, that kind of stuff. And you hear everything from like well you know they're just uh, you know no, no one wants to suggest too light a spine, not just three rivers, but anybody because you know the lawyers say well just you know a stiffer arrow is a is a heavier duty arrow and they don't want them blowing up and and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know if there's any any like truth to that or not. But I think you know you, you've got a point too that you know our bows are faster. I think people are tuning more, um, maybe, or maybe understanding what they're doing, what they're tuning more. I, I don't know. Um, maybe even to the point of like more people are shooting three under rather than split finger. And that might do something totally different to the, to the, uh, to the tune. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I, I just think there just needs to be a better resource or more updated resource for, especially for some like you and I, you know, like you've gotten to the point, obviously you're saying in a very short time where you learn how to tune, I've learned to tune. I don't necessarily need to go to that kind of resource to, to tell me where to go, but that's, that kind of thing should be as super accurate as possible for someone brand new to this. And we've got a huge influx of people coming to trad that, um, that, that is their, you know, they, they go there and they're like, okay, I'm on the website. I'm going to browse for arrows. They have no idea. So then they start putting in these numbers, you know, and then, you know, you, then you get the messages on Facebook and stuff. They're like, well, you know, I'm shooting like a 42 pound bow, but it suggested like a 350 spine with 150 grains up front. Ah, well, you know, something went wrong there. You know, not, 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 not quite. So, um, what's that? So I'll definitely put a bug in your, in their ear for you. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I don't want to put you in a tight spot. I was, I was, I was just, I was just, I was just, I was kidding more than anything, but, um, you know, that, and I know there's other calculators out there too. People talk about like the Stu Miller's calculators or something like that too, or, um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never, I've never used that, but, um, yeah, sure. And, uh, especially like you said, with, with, with aluminum, you know, with aluminum arrows, with wood arrows, we've got different diameters too that we're dealing with, rather than just what I, I would I would venture to guess. When most people now are shooting like five sixteenths carbon, right? I mean, would you would you say that that's accurate? Like the vast majority of people shooting shooting trad today? Yeah, that are nine nine is it nine thirty seconds and yeah, I think yeah, it's five sixteenths. I, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, just 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 kind of my just kind of my thoughts, because like I'm always 
you know, like you, I think I'm, I'm always trying to be like, Hey, how can we make this better? How can we make stuff more accurate? How can we, you know, um, you know, put out a little bit like better information for, for newcomers. Cause I want people to, I want people to succeed, you know, and I'm sure everyone else wants people to succeed and not, not, um, cause you know, nothing's cheap, especially nowadays, man, everything's with inflation and everything. And you know, you can't, you, you need, you need to get it like nailed on like pretty quick. Um, okay. Without, Don't without write getting... paper carbon either. I'm not a I'm not a carbonero dude. So if you're listening to this thinking you're going to message me about carbon, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not very good with it. <laughs> we we can talk wood chaff all day, but not not carbon. I'm not the greatest with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you one more thing. Uh, one more thing about the woods, and I and I did talk about this with Blaine, and uh, I I forgot this, and, and forgive my ignorance for like doing basic math here, but the three sizes of 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 woods. Um, we, you've got, uh, we'll, we'll go through them cause I'm, I'm going to get them wrong. I'm going to get all the decimal or the, uh, the fractions wrong. And which one do you use and which one do you recommend? Okay. Uh, and it all depends on the, the, the archer itself. So, and depending on what type bow you're shooting, like poundage and stuff like that. So there's five sixteenths, which is a very smaller, that's the, the smaller diameter. Those are usually used for kids bows, smaller weight bows, uh, 45 pounds and less, I would say is uh generally for for five sixteenths but that's not always true because eleven thirty seconds is the medium size one and that that can go from like thirty five all the way up to like seventy pounds depending on where you buy and if they have it in stock mm-hmm. and uh, that is that's that's your your pretty much golden era you know your area everybody and their brother loves eleven thirty seconds just because especially for three d um <clears throat> because it's not the the field of your arrow tip, if you're a gap shooter, it's not as wide on your target. So if you're like 25 yards away, looking at like a small target, let's just say the the Wolverine or the Honey Badger or whatever, you know that that shaft is going to cover up pretty much the entire insert. And so, right. So it's not super accurate shooting like an 1164, which is the last one, or I think it's 1164s. Gosh, now now you got me questioning it. It's either level. Yeah, I think it's eleven sixty fours. Okay, yeah. So eleven. So you said the what was it? The eleven thirty. God, I already forgot this. The the middle one. That's the one that everyone shoots the most. Um, that and yeah, and and I think from what I remember from our previous conversation, my previous conversation, it, you know, people say, well, why wouldn't you want to shoot the the skinnier the skinnier arrow? And I think it's it's a problem of arrow like wood integrity. Is that is that right? I mean, you can you can shoot a skinnier shaft, but unlike carbon, you can't make them as durable as you want to be for higher poundages. Am I am I on point with that? No, you are absolutely on point. And by the way, okay. it's not 1164. It's thir- uh, 2364. Gosh, I'm saying 1100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I had to get that out. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, and if you're going to be shooting a skinnier arrow out of a high pounded bow, for one, that arrow's, you're definitely compromising the integrity of the fibers in it. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be crushing a lot more than, because uh, they're not built for that. They're not built for those higher poundages. So there's going to be way more flex. You're going to really be greatly compromising them fibers. And and then, you know, at, at some point in time, it's going to go snap. And if you're not, you know, ready for it or wearing an arm guard or something like that, it could be a really, really bad day. So it is very, very important that you do shoot the spine that is, you know, built for that style bow. Sure, sure. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. You, you got wheels turning in my head again now. So I'm like, man, not that I have the disposable income for it, but, you know, is it going to be for another bow? Is it going to be for a, whole, a bunch of wood arrows? Or is it going to be for, I don't know, <laughs> another pack? <laughs> um, it's, archery traditional does not have traditional prices nowadays. Let's no, just no, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I almost wish, uh, well, I really don't, but it's almost like, um, if you didn't have this many choices, you know, it was a whole, when they say it was a whole lot simpler, you know, back then, probably because it was a whole lot less choices back then too. You know, I'm talking like 50, 60 years ago, um, as far as what we have available. So, I mean, nowadays you can pretty much, you can almost like, you can build whatever complete setup that you want, in like three different ways, probably, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm talking bows, I'm talking quivers, I'm talking arrows, uh, broadheads, like eh, all of it. We've got, we've got an abundance. That's great. You know, we just need to kind of spend some time, I guess, and, and sift through it all, which is part of, it's far, part of, part of the fun of the journey, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's you learn something every single day. And that's what I love about trad, man. You're never going to, you're never going to perfect it. And I think that's what keeps me going in this, you know, uh, division in longbow because or it you know just in traditional in general just because there's so much to learn and and uh it's it's just a never-ending cycle just when you think you got it figured out something else goes wrong and you're like well crap let's figure that out you know it's it you have to have the passion and the one yeah there, there's that intangible because um when 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 people talk about like switching from a compound, right? Or like like for me, it was like okay, I, I pick it up like twice a year. Um, like I finally sold mine earlier this year, but I, I'd pick it up like twice a year, shoot ten arrows, like two two quivers out of it, then I'd be done. I'd be like, okay, all right, I, I there's there's no passion there. And then so when someone asks like why why did you get rid of a compound you know it's and then you'd be like well you know a lot of people say it's too easy quote unquote too easy immediately they equate that to well if it was too easy you'd be, be you'd be meeting you know levi morgan and have a million dollar contract that's that that's not what that that's really not what people are saying it's mm-hmm. just i think they're saying it's 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 easy to shoot and for minimal like return of like passion you know yeah there's definitely a trade off there so I think, yeah, I think with, with, with the trad, you definitely have that higher level of passion. The, it, so the, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, I think, you know, for me anyway, because when everything is perfect and it's in like a little tiny fist size group and you're like, hell yeah, I did that. You know, everything's perfect. But then when you've got four of them in a fist size group and then you've got one like six inches away all of a sudden, cause you did something really stupid and you're like, wow, oh, okay, that's like the lowest of the lows. And I think this, I think the swings of emotions um, and gratification and not gratification, I think, are are what's what kind of draws. You know, that, that's what draws me to it. That's what keeps me here, and that's that's what I enjoy. So, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> you nailed it, man. Sometimes it's like <laughs> when it's on, man, you 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 just walk around strutting in your yard, you're like like nobody's gonna beat you. And then yeah. there's some days you just you, you'd be better off like a shotgun has a tighter pattern than either. You know, it's it's uh it's yeah. definitely both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. All right, man. Listen, I've kept you on long enough. I really appreciate it. It's like you know, it's past ten o'clock our time. Um so any 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 kind of last things we haven't touched on here uh, that you want to talk about or Man, that is completely up to you. I could talk for three more hours, you know, <laughs> but uh <laughs> People probably wouldn't want to listen to me talk for another three hours. No, that's that's fine. I I, I got to be at work at five a.m. So uh, I I do I do that weird like three three twelve hour you know shifts. 
So all weekend, so the next like 36, well, more than 36 hours, whatever, is kind of like hell for me. So, man, I'm like, man, I should be in bed, but I like talking. I like talking shop. You know what I mean? But um, no, I, th- those are really wanted to kind of want I wanted uh, to touch on. Uh, why don't you touch on real quick on your, your YouTube channel, too, kind of like where people can follow you and stuff. And uh, like, do you have any other plans to kind of ex- expand any, I don't know, in, into other realms of like tuning or like hunting videos or anything like that? Or uh, are you just going to kind of keep it to kind of bow reviews? What, what do you, what's your plans for your, for your channel? Yeah. So uh, my channel, that's actually a very good question. I do want to start doing a lot of hunting videos. Um, I, the bow reviews are pretty much, uh, you know, just stuff that I shoot. I'm not going to go out and buy a different bow. So you know, like what I shoot or what I buy just because I'm a working man just like everybody else. Everything I buy, I pay for, you know. Um, but I would like to go into more of like shooting styles and, and grips and different style of bows and, and uh, you know, what they like or what I've found that they like. Because here's the thing. If you're ever told this is the way it shoots, this is the way it needs to be, throw that throw that away. That's, that's not always the fit. That's mm-hmm. not always the fit, you know. Every archer is different. Find what works for you. Experiment, you know um that's the beauty of the sport is there's not one correct way so i definitely want to show people the way that i've learned and and my style which isn't generally number one way but it's been working for me and i've I've had some great success you know and uh and i i just want to share that knowledge with everybody else to let them know that you know if, if this way is working for you that's perfectly fine it doesn't have to be that way like look at ryan crouch i'm gonna give him a plug really quick that dude anchors on his whole entire hand on his face and that dude like put he, he broke the ibo world record you know shooting like a super unorthodox way and people were trying to tell him a few months before the shoot oh you're doing it wrong you need to do this way okay yeah well yeah hold my beer <laughs> not, literally the next day i'm trying to put my hand on my face like yeah that's not working yeah yeah no no i i i look forward to it because uh and you've got a you know you've got you've got a pretty good good delivery there good you know personality on 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 screen kind of thing and uh you know i I think um you unlike me right now you uh elaborate what you're or you uh what am i trying to say you um <laughs> communicate what what you're what what's uh what what you're thinking and 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 what uh, the bow is doing and what you're doing and the arrows are doing and that kind of stuff you're 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 pretty good at that so i um definitely look forward to to hearing you know more out of uh, out of your channel so i think that'd be a benefit to uh the community thank you very much appreciate that yeah all right so follow uh follow you are you you're, you're joshua miller on uh, on instagram correct Correct. I don't really do a lot of Instagram. I'm more on Facebook, uh, Joshua Miller. And then, of course, my YouTube channel is Stickman Archery. That's S-T-Y-K, Stickman Archery. Uh, Three words. Yep, definitely go uh, follow those. You got, like I said, all those reviews that we just talked about and, uh, you know, hopefully more to come. And uh, obviously follow, you know, Bowhunting Soul, uh, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all that other good stuff, please, you know, like, share, subscribe. I really appreciate it if you leave those those ratings. And uh, Joshua, why don't you hang, uh, hang on the the, uh, the phone with me here after we hang up. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you guys got a lot out of this. And definitely contact Joshua, not for carbons, but for wood inf- for information and uh, <laughs> longbow information. So uh, with that said, uh, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks.